0: Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I choose to do what it says I can do. Say so I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Give God one more big hand tonight. Amen. 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 Well, let's talk about that plan that God's got for you. God's got a great plan for your life. Say, so God's got a great plan for your life. You know, John 10, 10, says that the thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the overflow, right, to the top. Talking about God life, a greater kind of life. It's not a different lifestyle or or, or a different level of life, but it is a different lifestyle altogether. It's totally, totally different. It's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. God's got a great plan. Hello? It's not the absence of any of those things, just that we have the antidote for every one of them. That no weapon formed against us can prosper, and every tongue that rises against us, we can condemn, because this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord, right? It's that I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail, because God is on my side. Right? It's because God is on my side. It's, 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 it's not that he's on my team. It's just that he's, he, he's with me. I'm connected to God. I, I've got this, this insane advantage that, that God himself is working and operating in my life. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. That there's something about you that's different than it was before you connected to God. Right? Come on now. It, it, I said there's something different. There's something alive on the inside of you. And and, and you got God living on the inside. You you got the, you got the Spirit of God in you. And and He's wanting to lead you and to guide you into truth and deliver you and empower you and, and infuse you. He wants to make you like Paul, where you can say, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ, who is infusing me with an inner strength. That no matter what no matter what challenge I face, I can overcome in Christ. I really believe that what God would love to do is just to remove the, the even the just the thought, the the possibility of failure from our life. He'd, he'd like you to just realize that if God be for you, who cares who's against you? He, he doesn't promise that no one's coming against you. He just promises that they're not stronger than he is. Right? I love it in the Amplified where it says, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're beaten, you know, beaten, but but not broken right one of them, one of those verses it says uh, we're struck down but never struck out well he's the umpire i'm telling you you've got an insane advantage your daddy's the umpire come on you're down there at that little league field and you're the umpire and they're throwing pitches and your kid standing there and you're just wanting him to swing and so it, you know everything's foul ball Right, and when he finally does start swinging, you, you, no, he got a little piece of that. That was a strike. No, he got he got a little piece of that. Strike one, strike two, strike two A. <laughs> the rules the the rules change, you know. Sometimes when Dad's the umpire, right, and you, you got you got God on your side, right? I said you got God on your side. Fear not. Isaiah 43, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When you walk into the flood, it's not going to overtake you. When you're walking through the fire, the the flames will not kindle upon thee. That's an insane advantage. And hell knows it. And hell's kind of confused why we don't. You know, uh, kind of looking at us like, "What's up with these folks?" Because they just don't get it. And you know, we end up complaining about all kinds of stuff. And, and and the funny thing is, is that we don't do a whole lot to change the things we complain about. We have, we've been given great dominion, great authority, great power. We've got we got wisdom and understanding. Jeremiah thirty three three, God said, "If you call me, I'll answer you, and give you the answer to stuff that you couldn't possibly know." And, and and we got all of this stuff going for us, but but we 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 often forget. This advantage we got. We're complaining about stuff that we're willing to permit. You ought not to complain about that which you're willing to permit. What you need to do rather than complain is change it. Because Romans says, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. So you got some stuff going on. But you also know that it's going to work out for your good. So you can trust God and do good according to the Bible. I think it's Psalms 37. So trust God and do good, and then you'll live in the land and prosper. I mean, think about how frustrating it must be to the powers of darkness trying to take you out, but they can't. It just Every scheme they set up against you doesn't really work unless you let it. And it doesn't work very long unless you let it. Is, it is really important that you understand that the length of your storm is often a testament of the level of your stubbornness. Right? Look at Jonah. You, know, Jonah, Jonah. you know, Jonah received a word from the Lord that said, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. Jonah Jonah's a lot like us. He received a word from the Lord. And you, we have received a word from God. We have instructions from God. We have, we have direction from God. And Jonah got up and went the other direction, and a lot of us have done the same thing, right? We've got God life, and he's given us Jesus to lead us into God life and the Holy Spirit to, to direct our steps to God life. But yet we still want to do it our way, don't we? We still want to go after this thing our, our way, and we're going a different direction than God would have us go. And it says that Jonah, you know, went down to the bottom of the ship, and you know the story, right? And, and they end up in the storm, and, and the, the guys are up there, a bunch of non-believers up there figured out that Jonah, Jonah was, the, was the reason that they couldn't get victory because they had a preacher in the boat. That's not good. <laughs> we, we got this preacher dude up in the boat, and he's the reason we can't get out of this storm. And, and, and I love, go, read, go read the book of Jonah. Read it sometime because it's crazy because it says that, uh, that they knew that he had run from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. That's not real smart. i just give you a little hint, bro. When you're running from God, don't tell everybody. They'll figure it out. He, because he had told them, because he had told them. And, you know, and they, they're trying to they row hard, trying to save the boat, but it ain't going to happen until, until they do it right. And Jonah finally says, you guys are going to have to chuck me overboard. And, uh, they, and they, but yet they, they even threw their cargo, tried to lighten the ship, tried to handle the storms, kind of like the world trying to handle a lot of the situations that face our society and the situations that, the, that government wasn't meant to handle. The church is supposed to be taking care of that stuff. Hello, totally different message. So I won't go too far down that trail. But there's a lot of stuff in society that the church is anointed to bring victory into, and health, and restoration to. It's not the government's job. And, and here they are, and they're doing it. And here's the church complaining about the size of government, but the church isn't doing anything about it. At least they're trying. That was real popular right there. I felt it. Um, they finally, you know, you know, they finally throw him overboard and, and the storm ceases and he's going down into the bottom. Of the, it's amazing how many times in the book of Jonah it says that he went down. When you're running from God, it's always down. He went down to the ship. He went down to the belly of the ship. He went down to the depths of the ocean. He went down into the belly of a great fish. I, I, I love the fact that in Jonah, in the book of Jonah, it says that God prepared a great fish for Jonah. He didn't prepare Jonah for a great fish. He prepared a great fish for Jonah. God's got some stuff in your world. God's got some stuff in your world that he's prepared just for you. I have not seen, or have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man the things which the Lord hath prepared for thee. <laughs> Hello? You know, can't you imagine him trying to swim, out-swim a great fish? Trying to get out of that situation, trying to, try, you know, I bind you in Jesus' name, and the fish is on a mission. And he's swallowed up by a great fish. He says that, you know, he cries it from the belly of hell, cried I. Seaweed wrapped around my head. Don't look right now, but some of your people sitting right next to you, that's seaweed that you're smelling. Right. They done got up in the stuff, man. I got seaweed wrapped around their head. He fasted and prayed for three days. Well, I'm a, or a sushi. It's either a sushi bar or he was fasting Three days. Praying, but finally it said that he began to give thanks to God. He began to give thanks to God in the belly of a great fish. Somewhere there was a revelatory moment when he realized, you know what, some of this stuff, some things I can change, some things I can't. So if I don't have the ability to make a difference, then it must not be my responsibility. So in this situation, let me just ask you a question tonight. As we just get rolling tonight, let me just ask you a question. There's a lot of things going on, and you may have even created your circumstance. But there's a lot of this stuff that once the ball takes off, man, this is not your responsibility. Now now you're at a place where you're just going to have to trust God. And it would probably behoove you, rather than to complain to God, to start to thank God. Thanksgiving is the greatest level of faith that you can operate in. When God says, this is what I'm going to do, it's a good idea to say, thank you. Believe him. Believe him. Isaiah 32:18. all my people shall live in a peaceful habitation, a secured dwelling, a quiet resting place. It's a good idea to just say, thank God, and begin to thank God for great peace in your house. Instead of to complain to God about the crazy people that you live with. Because the people that you live with are crazy because they've been living with you. Right? You know, because we always think if I get a different job or if I move, you know, if I get a different spouse or if I get a different house or if I get a different car, it's not very long till wherever you are, you show up. And, and, And the issue is, is that God's needing to do a work in us and he's using all of these things together for our good. Right. And he's anointed us with Holy Ghost power so that we can. Do good because that's what we've been called to do is even if it means suffering and he's trying to get us on track so we can just have a good life. Right. Because he's a good God. And we're, we're as people. We're good people. And so we're supposed to be doing good. And, And good, good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. God's called you to improve the environment when you get there, to make life and things and situations better. You have a, you have an anointing. You've got all of heaven's power at your disposal if you'll commit to make it better. But indifference kind of settles in, doesn't it? And indifference is a willingness to accept things the way they are. And a, and a, uh, you know, in an outright refusal to do anything that would change it. So we like to complain. We ought not to complain. What we ought to do is begin to, to do it God's way and to give thanks to God that He is going to cause all of this stuff to work together for my good. It wasn't, it wasn't very long until uh, that situation totally shifted for Jonah. Remember? He started giving thanks to God and that fish spit him up. At the place he was supposed to be, so the place he was trying to get away from is the place he wound up. But when he got there, he was not in the condition that he could have been. Hang with me. You're looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm not. The place he, the place he was trying to get away from is the place he wound up. But when he got there, he he got there in a condition that was not the condition he could have been. He could have just got on board and went there, got that thing done with, and went on and you know went to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. But instead he you know he's got this insane journey, and it's all messed up but 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 he had but he still ended up there. Look, can I just tell you that you're going to end up at the place where God's taken you? We're going there as individuals, as families, as as a body of believers, we're going to end up in the place that God's called us to be, and so the length of our storm is often a, testimony of the level of our stubbornness he was three days and 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 when you when you begin when you begin to give thanks to god you know you're sick of your current situation well what you need to do is make your situation sick of you you have the, you have the ability to make the situation spit you out right so you start giving thanks to god start thanking god that your business is on the increase start, start thanking god that your relationships are getting stronger Start thanking God that financial breakthroughs coming and you're going to be walking in great wisdom. Start thanking God that your body is being renewed day by day and you're getting stronger, not weaker. Start thanking God that I should have died, but I'm living, so I'm going to tell the world about the goodness of my king. Start thanking God. Look at your neighbor and say, that entire thing was just for you. You know, a lot of us, like I said, are, we're in situations and, and, and it's not necessarily the handprint of God that's all over it, but It's ours. We've, we've created a lot of stuff, a lot of havoc, a lot of chaos. But can I just submit this thought to you that you've not created anything that's too big for God? I said you've not created any situation that's beyond his scope, his ability. And by the way, you really haven't shocked him. He's not in a meeting right now going, oh, dear me. You know, what, what, what are we going to do now? But he's got a way out. I said he's got a way out, and he, and he, wants, to, he wants to change it, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he, wants to, he wants to bring life, and really, you know, last week we touched on this, that the greatest issue that we deal with, every problem in society today, every problem at your house, really is based upon, has, has one root. There's only one root that's wreaking havoc with mankind, and that root is selfishness. That root is selfishness. It, 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 it's really true. I was, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I was reading this week and he made a statement. He had been wrestling with God about some church issues and, and God began to do a work in their church and, and, uh, and he was getting direction and insight and they moved that way and, and, and there wasn't quite the warm reception that he was hoping for right at the beginning and he was asking god you know what what's the issue and and, and uh, god god spoke to him he said you know if you could take a knife and cut me if god said if, if you could take a knife and cut god god would bleed others but if you took a knife and cut us we'd bleed ourselves. and what we have to do is we have to get to a place where god has the ability to do some work on us and we can have a transfusion if you will where we get ourselves out of the way and begin to, you know, to have that life flow go through us that God intended us to have at the beginning. You know, we, we, we talk about being born again, about being saved. But the reality is, is that, you know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new species altogether. There ought to be a, a radical transformation that takes place. Right? I mean, my spirit's born again, and it's alive and well. But how many you know that my flesh, I still need to deal with this thing now. And, and I've trained myself to live for myself, and, and that is where all of this chaos is coming from. That's where all of this problem and all of these issues are at, because I'm do, trying to do everything for myself, what I want, when I want it, how I want it, as long as I want it. And, and God's not really directing us in that direction. We're on the throne, right? And we're, we're making these choices and these decisions, and 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 it's bringing havoc to our life. We're supposed to have, you know, insane victory, great great liberty, freedom, the ability to to humiliate hell. Uh, you know, we're on a collision course to, you know, demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of our life. But all the enemy has to do though is is to get you to start being motivated by what's best for you, what you what you want the most, and get you to forget about others for just a minute and. Somehow you're almost automatically removed off of the will of God. So we're believing for promises of God, but we're not living the lifestyle of God. Well, you can't have the promise of God. You'll never be able to produce the promise of God without living life God's way. And I, I want to look at a scripture tonight for just a moment and 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 kind of bring this out. Matthew 24, 3 through 13. It says, as he, Jesus, was on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation's gonna rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Doesn't that sound awesome? Sounds like fun. And then many, many will be offended, and they'll betray one another, and they'll begin to hate each other. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I want to look at verses 12 and 13 again. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Because lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness, some of your Bibles say iniquity, uh, that word what it literally means is ignorance or willful violation of the law. Because that's on such an increase and so acceptable. Since that mindset is so acceptable that we're going to do it, we're going we're to break godly law. And because it's on the increase, that th- because of that, the love of many will grow cold. No more heat. Look at your neighbor and say, no more heat. Tonight, tonight real quick, uh, I want to to talk about a love that won't grow cold. A love that won't grow cold. See, our love, man kind of love, obviously can grow cold. But you remember in Jeremiah, I think it's chapter 31, it says that I have loved thee with an everlasting love. God's love is an everlasting love. It doesn't change. It doesn't die. It doesn't wither. it It doesn't cool off. It just is on the increase. But because of lawlessness, because we're breaking the rules, our love will grow cold. Okay, and and tonight I I just I just want to submit this thought to you that it doesn't have to be that way, because he goes on and he says, but, but, that means there's hope. There's hope for uh, he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. To endure to the end, to remain the same without changing. He's got some patience, right? He who has the ability to not be moved by what he sees, what he feels, what he smells, what he tastes, But he's just standing. You know, he who remains, he who will stand that ground. He who will endure under misfortune, trials to hold fast. All the way to the end. Shall be, not should be, not even might be, but shall be saved. There is a way that we can get back to the place that God's called us to be. But we can't be breaking the rules. We can't be breaking the rules. In the the Message Bible, I think it is that it it says that uh, because of the lawlessness, that uh, all that will be left of some love is nothing left but the ashes. Nothing left but the ashes. So, you know, tonight I just want you to just picture in your mind just for a minute that that love's kind of like a fire. You know, if you're here, to, you know, tonight and, and married couples, we've got we got something we're going to give to married couples. And we're, we're we, we want to we, we believe in victory in the house. And we, we, we want we want every marriage to succeed. Right. Everyone, because it's strong marriage is strong church, strong church, you know, strong influence in our city. Right. And, and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. But but you have to realize that the issue, anytime that there's challenges in, in your marriage, any time there's challenges in, in relationships, you know, it's because the fire's going out. Right? The fire's going, well, I, I don't think I love you anymore. You're, you're letting the fire go out. And what you need to do is tend the fire. A lot of times what we do is, you know, storms come, don't they? Come on now. Storms come, man, I, I tell you what, you know, just uh, it's easy for me to get sidetracked tonight because, you know, Shelby and I, we, we were separated for what was that like a month? Huh? Eleven days. Shelby's back in the house. Woo-hoo! Right? Boys are excited. Get real food again. You know, you start talking, you start talking about love and relationships, and and, and you know, and I, and I just realized that you know, Shelby and I, we've been married 27 years, and uh, and uh, uh, I don't think there's anybody in the room. You got an anniversary coming up, don't you? How, how many days to your anniversary? Tomorrow. Not very many more days. <laughs> Sweet. How, how many years? 34 years. Isn't that awesome. Who's got thirty four beat? Come on. How many years, Tom? Thirty six. What? Man. Marlene, you're tougher than you look. I spend time during the day with him. Fifty five. anybody got fifty five beat? Forty? It just seems like fifty five, right? <laughs> Who's got 55 years beat? Nobody. 55 years a hard one to beat. Well, I don't think it would be fair to look at them and say, well, you know, Lauren and Marlene, they've just never had an issue. You can tell by Marlene's laughter that that's not exactly the case. You know you know what happens, though, is that life occurs. Life occurs. You know, we heard a story of a, of a man that was taking his son... Uh, on a road trip, and they were going to a particular mountain i can 't remember where they were what the what mountain it was, but they were on their way and they, they'd finally had broken through they left Adelaide pretty early in the day and was, it was pretty foggy and you couldn 't see but at a certain point in the day they came it kind of came through the other side of the fog bank you know and all of a sudden man it 's just clear, and you could just see. It. For, forever and, and, he, and, and the, there's the mountain and, and, he, and he woke his son up and, and he said son look there's the mountain and they started talking about the mountain he said how, how far do you think that mountain is and he goes I don't know dad and he goes well guess and he goes 10 miles it wasn't just a minute or two later they came up to a sign that had the name of the mountain and it said 100 miles he pointed that out to his son he said you thought it was only 10 miles but look it's, it's 100 miles to that, to that mountain and the boy's response was this he said wow I didn't even know I could see that far You know what happens for a lot of us is that, see, God declares the end at the beginning. And and it says, he who endureth to the end shall be saved. But sometimes we have these moments of clarity where God shows us a picture. He paints on the canvas of our heart, right? It's like in premarital counseling when when a couple comes in and and they have the picture, right? And you ask them, you know, just name, just, just list two or three things, you know, challenges in your future spouse's life that they need to change. And they can't think of one. Give them 50 years, they can write a book about it. <laughs> but you start talking to them about this, about this relationship they're birthing, and man, they got this picture, and it's awesome, and, and there's going to be peace, and there's going to be kids, and there's going to be. Don't they know peace and kids don't always mix, and there's going to be, you know, plan, and the plan, and the picture's so clear? The problem is that we don't realize that we, how far we can see. God gives us a dream or a vision. We don't realize how good our vision is. We can see out there. And so on the journey in the middle, we get frustrated because we, we didn't realize how far out there that was. We were expecting all that peace to be so fast. And because of the storms that come, and I'm telling you, if you're going to have anything worth having, then it's going it's to have it for a while. And if you're going to have it for any length of time, then you're going to have some challenges, and there's going to be some life that comes with it. And when the storm comes, what we inevitably do is that we focus on the storm and neglect the fire. And what we need to do is focus on the fire that will sustain us through the storm. And, you know, you know how, do we, how do you keep a marriage together 50 years? You just don't. Quit. You know, there's some things you can do that will that'll stir up the flame, isn't that right, Sparky? There's some stuff you can do that, that in that huh? Come on, hang with me. You know, you, you can increase, intensify the flame. Hallelujah. But you can't walk away and leave the fire. You know, there's moments in life that you just you know, you gotta you gotta put some more wood on there. You know you, you just got to keep it burning and you got you got to keep doing the little things you know it's so it's so easy and it to to neglect the little things oh you know we're all wanting you know a, a great you know renewal ceremony you know it's it so awesome to be a part of of uh your guys's uh, renewal Vince and Ivoria you know they had a renewal of vows and ceremony and it was so cool you, the, the, the 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 downside was is that now Shelby wants one you know so I just keep reminding her it's just the little things it's just the little things just the daily things just the, you know just, you know sometimes I think when we're talking about doing good and we've, we've talked about doing good at, at all these different levels and for the community and for the church and for you know at work but at home You know, don't you want a great family experience? But all a great thing is is a bunch of little things all put together. You know, I don't have a whole bunch of time. I'm out of time. But can can, can I just tell you this much? That instead of pointing out little things that are wrong, I double-dog dare you to find little things that are right. You know, because uh, encouragement is like throwing gas on the fire. It's just, just a little encouragement. You know, just a smile, just thank you for doing what you do. You know, every morning, it's been eleven day. I want eleven days, dude. I had to make my own oatmeal. <laughs> Thought I would die. <laughs> Just those little things. Well, how about how about you acknowledge them? How about you focus on the fire? How about you come back and, and you realize that, you know what, you've let life keep you so busy. That you've let the fire go down. Well, I just want to ask you at the end of the day, what's really going to be important? You know, I really just don't care where we live or what we drive. I'm just thankful that I know who's always gonna be with me. So I just I just want to focus on the fire. We want to give you some tools that'll help you. The ushers are gonna come and I want every married person. I just want you to stand to your feet. If you're married, I want you to stand. The ushers are gonna or in just a minute, they're going to pass something out. But I just want to pray. I just want to pray over every one of us. Shelby, come stand with me, would you? I want you to take the DVD home. And, and you know what? You you might be saying, you know what? Our Our marriage is perfect. We don't even need it. Well, then give it to somebody else. But make sure that somebody gets this DVD that will watch it. I'd encourage you to get a couple of your married friends and bring them over. Make them coffee. Chocolate cake. Watch that together. Let me just prophesy over you. That as you do the little things, you, you can rekindle the fire. You don't have to be the average home in America. It's broken, bleeding, and hurting. But there can be real life in your house. There can be a real life in your house. I know some of you guys, you know what? Uh, man. You know, I, I wish we had a little bit more time. You, you, you know when the boys were little and they were playing softball? And it was you know when I love baseball is when 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 they were just this tall. I hated baseball when they got older, because it's uh, just not my game. But when they, when, when they were little, when TJ would stand out in the middle of the field and throw his ball up in the air and do cartwheels, <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. And I, I can remember the look on every one of their faces, and some of you dads can, you know, you can remember that the, the, the ball, you know, out there in the outfield, sometimes it's just saying a whole lot of action. So they created their own. But every now and then, some kid would just get lucky. You know, and he'd launch one out there, and it'd be going right out toward. And I can remember, you know, and they'd, you know, and they're first they got to find their mitt, and, and and they're looking around, they're running, and they're doing their thing, and they're jumping, and the ball's, you know, way over the head, and then they run after it, and then they throw it, and then they pick it up and run it in, throw it, and and, and you know, and the deal is, is that as they grow up, they learn that they need to to, to catch the ball, they they need to shift a little bit. You know, they, they just uh, they just need to they they get skilled in that position and see what a lot of us is we're in the right position you've got the position you're just missing the ball and in order to in order to catch the ball you just got to shift a little bit you just got to be willing you just got to be willing to move a little bit and sometimes we're so rigid and so stiff and we got this picture in our mind wait a minute you just need to you just need to move a little and then you can start making the plays. I'm telling you, we we believe in you. We believe in the leadership of the house. We're praying for you. We're believing that God's going to breathe life into you and that it's going to be contagious and that the fire that's burning in you is going to get on everybody you know. So right now, no matter where you're at and no matter what you're going through, just realize that, hey, we might need to adjust this a little bit, but we're not going to give more attention to a storm than we are to the fire. Because he who endures to the end Shall be saved. That means to be rescued from destruction. Hang on to the end. Don't quit in the middle. And get to the end and you'll be rescued from destruction. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Father, we just stand together in agreement. We thank you that you've called us to life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Lord, we realize that the enemy would love to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that his game plan is he's coming against families, against future, against faith. So we just want to stand up as a body of believers and declare today that we're going to make sure that our families are strong and that husbands and wives are healthy and that they're loved and that they know how to love. And we're coming against the spirit of selfishness that would try to rule and reign in our world, in our mind, in our home we're going to drive it out. Father, I just pray that the material that we've sown into their lives, that, Lord, that it would uh, produce great fruit and that homes would never be the same again as we embark upon a committed journey to the end to healthy, strong families. We we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. Will you do me a favor? We'll just be seated just for a second. and just What I want you to do is just close your eyes and bow your heads. I just want to ask this question. I don't want to embarrass anybody, and we don't want to, you know. It, it.